I'm frustrated. At what? Bam, we're live. I want to read. Normally, I don't read people's texts with the. I, I, I don't know if I should even start with this, but so I'm. I don't. I don't like to do. I used to listen to Howard Stern, and I thought he was. I thought he was great. I. I, I basically just stopped. I stopped watching him because he went woke. He just started playing the victim role. And I didn't want to be a part of that, mm-hmm. which sucks. Because I just, I thought he, I, I really enjoyed the show. But when he started spreading lies about the forced injections, he was already a germaphobe. Do you know about that? Yeah. Like crazy germaphobe. Yeah. And I'm not a germaphobe. Like I don't use ass gaskets. I walk around everywhere barefoot. I like to shower a lot just because I like the experience. And I like clean underwear. That's a good feeling. Yeah. And and I and I change my kids' clothes a lot too because of that. So let's say let's say I just take them out like for like a two mile walk, right? Let's say we would go for a walk. By the way, you have to walk your kids. <laughs> like having dogs, you have to walk them. And good morning, Sarah. Good morning, Newport Beach. Caleb, <laughs> what's up, dude? Morning, Caleb. Oh, Sarah, I got my same complaint about Newport Beach. We'll get to that in a second. That I had last time. I thought. I think Sarah knows the mayor. I think maybe she even directly told him my complaint. But we'll <laughs> get to good? that. We'll get to that <laughs> okay. in a second. Okay. Good morning, Michelle Shanks, Magnus. Good to, good to see you, brother. Corey, Kenneth, Chase, Brian. So, but but whenever whenever Stern would go on other shows, I couldn't stand him. Like if he went on like Jay Leno or whenever he would be interviewed by other people because he seemed so fake to me when he was interviewed by other people. And like the reason why I liked him is because I felt like he on his show he was so vulnerable and so real. And so I noticed when I go on podcast, I started having that same um uh critique. Oh, wait till you see what I saw yesterday, Sarah. Wait till you see what I saw yesterday. Crazy. These are the nicest beaches in the world, people. I probably <laughs> shouldn't share this with anyone. But but I'm staying in this insane place that um that uh, california hormones has it sits right on the biggest beach and every morning there's the most beautiful waves um for beginner surfers it's nuts and the people here there's no gum on the ground here everything's clean it is so awesome um there's little shops and bars and it's especially cool now because it's winter and there's no tourists here. It's so crazy. It's so nice. All the people are nice. Lots of lots of um, like just chill old men here too, which I kind of like. Just you know, by old I mean like my age to eighty. You know what I mean? Like on rollerblades and like on those weird like instead of riding bikes, they ride like recumbents in those elliptical <laughs> bikes. You know, shit like that. Just a cool. They're a little grumpy towards my kids, but just cool. And even the homeless people here are chill. Yesterday I sat next to like I I don't even know if they're homeless, but uh, the lower class. Yesterday I sat next to a guy because I heard him talking about how his family was from uh, it was like a six foot six black guy, skinny as shit, 
maybe probably 150 pounds. And I heard him telling another guy about how he was from South Carolina. So I just sat down next to him and started listening. I just like hearing people's stories, just eavesdrop. It was a cool story. Anyway, so there's, there's this one podcast that I do. People ask me to come on their podcast. And there's one podcast I do. It's with a gentleman named Eddie. If he's a uh, comedian, been on Rogan, uh, CrossFitter, cool dude. I like him. Lives in Malibu. Um, and, and I, I, I think maybe he wouldn't describe himself like this, but he has, he, he, I think he's like a lefty, but I like him a lot. I, I like a lot of lefties a lot. And, um, he, he invited me to come on the show and, and I didn't want to do it not because I just feel fake on, on other people's podcasts. Fake's not the right word, but I feel like I have to perform. Like they're inviting me on there and I should keep the energy super high. Mm-hmm. Like kind of like I'm doing right now with this show. It's got the energy through the roof. Crazy. Crazy energy. <laughs> and. Oh man. So, so here you go. We're texting now. So not today. Oh, so, so, so oh, no, my, my, and, and then the other thing is, is I'm like a real baby about my time. I'm crazy selfish with my time. I have no problem. Just like, I have, I have no problem saying no to people. It, it happened to me in my late forties, like none, zero. Yeah, Gary Roberts level energy now. I know. I'm sorry. I know it's annoying. I'm just out out of jumping on my skin. Well, this yes or no, motherfucker. Yes or no, motherfucker. <laughs> so, and in your defense, usually okay, there's so much stuff scheduled. No show today, then. Jesus, I don't know what the H is, but Jesus H Christ, <laughs> peace and love. <laughs> okay, all right. So I so I agreed to do this text on December thirteenth because I think it's good practice for me. And he is a really good host. Eddie is a really good host. Like if I don't carry the show, he'll, he he'll run with that shit. By the way, Alexis is coming on at uh, Alexis uh, Landot's coming on at seven a.m. And so, so I agreed to do the show this morning and then he sends me a text and he says, oh, cool. He's doing, Eddie's doing a live show. That's cool. He has a stand, he's a standup comedian, a busy one. And probably his podcast has been around forever. Maybe the oldest CrossFit podcast, Wadcast podcast. Anyway, so, so he says, um, I, he sends me this, uh, last Thursday, I double booked you on December 13th at 9am. That's today, right? Yes. And I said, he said, can you do 1pm? I said, I can't. Then he, he, he wrote like something nasty to me, but, but that's funny, right? He called me some names. I don't want to say what, cause maybe he's not comfortable with people knowing what he called me. And then I go fair. But I assume I I still assume at that point that then then he's keeping me for that spot and he's getting rid of the other dude. Not because I'm better, not because I deserve it, but because he didn't tell me otherwise. Right. 
So then if, if you get booked on this show, we bug you up to the point that you come on. Like we keep reminding you. Nothing's left to chance. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Melissa, Melissa Odier saying, thank you, uh, Sarah. Amanda has been so nice. Uh, Amanda's the lady. If you sign up for California hormones, use the code Sevon. You'll, you'll eventually end up speaking to a woman, Amanda, who will help you schedule, you know, your doctor's consultation and your blood work and stuff like that. If you live in California and she'll, and she'll walk you through, she can, she's just like the, the, the docent or the ombudsman for California hormones. Uh, great lady, pretty lady too. Great and pretty. Yeah. Met her for like a quick second. Last time I she kind of looks like, um, she kind of reminds me, this is uh, about, uh, like, uh, like Tanya Roberts. Do you remember Tanya Roberts? She was like the Charlie's Angels that came on late in the 80s. I don't think so. She was hot. Viet Sevon. Is that because I'm acting like a grumpy? Uh, 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 pick a younger picture. <laughs> That's the first one that popped up when I saw it. Looks like, like she's uh... had too much work on it. Looks like she's had too much work on her face. And like picture... Uh, Pick that one with her boobs out. Let's let's say Amanda looks like her in the black dress in the middle there. That's kind of how I imagine Amanda to look. Okay, where was I? Fuck, this story's all over. I don't want to hear shit about my ADHD or anything. I'm just flowing. Shut your pie hole. You don't say that to rappers. <laughs> California home runs awesome experience. Awesome, Corey. I'll send you a check tomorrow. <laughs> um. So. So. So then he says, so I assume I'm going on and then, and then he doesn't all day yesterday. I don't hear from him. So if you're coming on our show the day before you come on the show, Susan will start bugging you to remind you because we're a professional outfit with a multi-million dollar budget. Well, that's what we act like. Everyone fucking has fucking five jobs who works here and we get that done. So then last night at nine twelve, I said, are we doing this tomorrow at 9 a.m.? No response. 5.30 a.m. I text him again today. I go, today? Question mark. I still don't know. And I got shit I got to <laughs> do. I got I pushed off a meeting with California Hormones I have this morning to do this fucking podcast with this dude. And arranged the schedule. Got up earlier, too. Yes. Correct. So then he says to me, finally at 5.31, he, he or no, no, at at 6.30, an hour later, 6.30 a.m. this morning, nine minutes ago, he texts me and he says, I have shows at 7, 9, 11, and 9.30. I still don't know. Am I that 9 a.m. show? <laughs> Who the f- uh, I said, so not today? He said it would be tough. I wrote, yes or no, motherfucker. Still incredibly vague. <laughs> <laughs> So then finally, he just writes back. I'm in the South Bay this weekend doing stand-up comedy, which is cool. I'm in base of cool. that. God, I wish oh, I did big that. Whoop. Say that again, Caleb? A big whoop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do a show with me or don't. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, so, so I might as well plug it. Um, Eddie If has been on Joe Rogan, NBC, uh, last comic standing, Showtime, um, 97.3 Alice. I guess that's a big L.A. radio station. And he is performing um, – uh, tonight, no, no, uh, December 15th through 18th at, um, I think at a place called Roosters in the South Bay. Oh, in Sunnyvale. Oh, that's cool. All right. He's French. You think he's French? Eddie's French? That explains it. So th- this, this place I'm staying at is on the beach. 
And if you if I go outside and walk to the right, I just walk down this row of, you know, uh, $4 million to $20 million homes as far as the eye can see. You've never seen so many awesome places sitting on the sand. If I walk to the left, there's an ice cream shop, and then it just turns into a row of coffee shops and bars and places you can buy surfboards and skateboards and shit like that. And, and, and that's like a, a block of that. And then there's like a pier with a, like a cool little circle where people like hang out and sip their lattes and shit. And then after that, there's another row of houses as far as your eye can see. It feels like it goes to the Mexican border of four to million to $20 million homes that just keep going. And along this beach peppered throughout about every half a mile, there's a bathroom and it's a nice building. It's this awesome concrete building. Looks like it could handle a hurricane and there's men's and women's bathrooms with the cool entrances from both sides. And, and last time I was here, I went in there and there's no doors on the stalls. And I get it. That's some sort of thing. So that homeless people don't turn those stalls into their homes, I guess. Or like do drugs in there. Oh, yes. And, and yesterday it was, it was pouring rain, but still warm, you know, 68 degrees pouring. And me and my kids are the only ones out on the, uh, on the walk. We're just walking. God, my kids have been, re- there, there's this, uh, there's this, what's crazy is even right on the beach, there's this one spot where there's um, all this like workout equipment, like pull up bars. There's a, a shitload of grass that no one uses. I don't even know if it's grass. It's this really short stuff. It's green. It kind of looks like crab grass. grass. I think, is it cra- crab grass? I don't know. They keep it, and you could do all sorts of crazy shit on it. You can like, anyway, my boys have been wrestling like crazy there. We go there and we just do just, rounds of fighting so awesome (laughs) and um they call it the fight lawn and then they have and then and then then also on the beach they have this area that's um uh asphalted that's huge which has like guys playing uh, on rollerblades people on one wheels the shitloads of basketball games going on it's so cool And, and nothing ghetto about it all the parking spots there are like filled with like either these fancy electric carts that everyone drives around here or G wagons, you know, and rovers. God, they love their rovers here in, uh, in Newport. Anyway. So we go into the bathroom with my son. My son says he has to go to the bathroom. It's pouring rain. We're having a blast, super lighthearted. We've just accept the fact that we got caught in a shitload of rain. We're just walking, we're playing, we're fooling around. Everyone's drenched. And we walk into the bathroom cause he has to take a piss with my two, two of my sons. And right in front of us is a stall that's opened. And there's a fucking guy sitting there. I, I don't know what ethnicity he was. He was some like just mix of shit. Look more Asian than anything. Probably a hundred pounds overweight with his legs wide open with his cock and balls. He had like this little tiny cock like this big pointed right at us. And he's taking a shit. Just looking at me. <laughs> Did he make eye contact? Yeah, I stared at him. <laughs> it's like Caleb and his buddies. Taking community shits. First of all, there's five other stalls he could have gone to that weren't like the one pointing at the door when I walk in. Yeah, you probably just want to choose the one farthest away from the door. Uh, there was Trish, a- I, yeah, I never close the stall door. I, I know. I know you don't, Trish. Uh, <laughs> I know. Call you Trish Epstein. Go ahead. What were you going to say, Caleb? You take the one farthest. Uh, yeah, uh, Caleb's yeah. an expert of no stalls. Tell us, what's the protocol, buddy? What's the yeah, protocol? yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, usually you keep at least a stall between everybody. 
you know, and you give yourself a little bit of space. And like, if there's one that's, you don't pick the one that's closest to the door. Cause then if oh. it opens and they're like, you start from the one farthest from the door, actually. Yeah. Right? yeah. Back yeah. to front. You feel like handicap, the handicap. Like, like, yeah. It's just like sitting in a bus. Yes. And then you just go fill in back to front every other. And then if you really need to, you fill in the one in the middle. Like if you really got to take shit in there, you don't want to run to the next fucking toilet. Yeah. The only Come reason on, why you don't choose a stall if there's no toilet paper. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. Then, you, then, then you transfer. You, and, it, and if it's easy, maybe you could even just grab a roll and take it to the. Yes. Stall. Yes. But, yes. Yeah. Yes. Like yeah. when they got the. You give each other the privacy, man. And I just sit there and stare at him. I mean, I stared at him for like three seconds. That's uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, I just stared at him. You let it linger. I even had the thought if he if he says anything or stands up and my boys were there, I would just kick him in the chest and like sit him back down. <laughs> they got weird. They like we just got squirrely. Yeah, I just, just thought, okay, if this guy, I just thought that if this guy stands up and could kick him in the chest. Front kick to the chest. Yes, yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, get a little distance, sit him back down. I'm okay with pinching a loaf in front of people too. It doesn't mean I just fucking like it, it. It's not a pastime of mine. I don't shut the door at my own house. I turn the fan on. <laughs> fucking a. And this place is so nice, and they can't get stalls on the door. I'm surprised they don't do like a <clears throat> really like short stall, you know, to where you could still very clearly see kind of what's happening underneath it, but you could still cover majority of what's happening too. You know have you mean? ever been? Oh, you guys aren't tall enough for this. Um, have you ever been to a, a bathroom that, like, the walls are like neck level or like chest level? Yeah, I, I can't see over, but I'm aware of people like you and you. Come okay, in. I'm yeah, fully yeah. aware of that. Yeah, you like you would just be sitting on the throne and you just look up and like Yao Ming's watching you take a shit kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. The, the guy next to you is pulling up his pants, and now you see him. Right. Oh, yeah. 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 That. that that shit's like I'm like no, I'll just. I'll hold it because <laughs> in my head's poking out of the top of the, the walls too. You know, I stand up straight. This guy's coming on the show today. He's been on the show before. His name is Alexis Landot. We've had him on the show before. I started having this feeling this morning that it's really cool what he does. He's a beautiful young man, crazy physique, uh, very well-spoken out of France, 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 France. And, but I was thinking, man, maybe we shouldn't be giving dudes like this attention for their behavior. Why? Because it's just so scary what he's doing. No ropes, climbing skyscrapers. Uh, it's so unique to me and crazy that it it's like something you're drawn to. And maybe that's just me because I could look at that and like it, it evokes fear. Like my palms will start to get sweaty and shit, you know? It was nuts yeah. too. So the building that, um, mm-hmm. go ahead, what do you say? No, no, you go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. So there's a there's a really big building in Barcelona, and uh, I was like, oh, I think I've seen one of those, because there's a couple of guys that do this, and there's an older guy, I think he's also French, and I think he calls himself like the Spider-Man, but he was one of the original guys that was Yeah, solely. yeah, he's taking yeah. pictures with this guy. Yeah, and so um, we went on this open bus tour, and we went by the building, and I was like, that looks like one of the buildings that these guys would like climb, because you could see how you could climb it, you know what I mean? Like, it didn't look too difficult the way that it was positioned. And the next day, I saw on Instagram that he, him and his son climbed it. And I was so pissed that I missed it because we must have missed them by like hours of him climbing that building in Barcelona. And I would have loved to have seen that in real life. 
nuts. Oh, Sarah, remind me to tell you about um, Travis this morning. I spoke to him last night. He got offered to go to uh, Istanbul to arm wrestle. And, and I got to tell you something about that. I got to tell you a story. So, so my, my boys, my boys, um, so, so I stared at the guy. My boys are just flanked beside me and we just walked out and we just peed right there on the beach. Then I go, just pee right there. <laughs> They're like, really? Why aren't we going to the bathroom? I'm like, we're not going in there. It's always so difficult to explain that to kids too. They're like, why are we not doing that? And there's a creepy man. Stranger danger. Yeah. Um, speaking of shit, you don't explain to your kids. I I, I want to show you this. It, it's three hundred point five. We're gonna we're gonna play this like three times in a row here for you. This is if you don't know if you're if you're having trouble getting your head around what indoctrination is, what it looks like to indoctrinate kids, and that's kind of a new idea to you. This is what it looks like to indoctrinate kids. This is how you spread uh, racism. And this is so, so, you know, yesterday we talked about um, reparations and we all know what that is. That's to keep the black folk on the plantation. It's exactly what it is. It's to buy their votes and keep them on the plantation. And, uh, oh, no, sorry, not that one. Sorry, sorry. Uh, um, 300. We'll do 300 first and then we'll go to uh, Elon's uh, tweet. You indoctrination is when you tell a kid, kids what to think. Instead of how to think, that's that's called indoctrination. What to think instead of how to think, and a lot of people do it. I've been guilty of it, but it, it is a huge, huge mistake most of the time. There may be some important places to tell them how to think, like when they're little. You explain to them the dangers of dogs. Like, hey, like, like you see these dumb people, you're at a dog park and there's 300 dogs walking around and some fucking dumb parent has their kid in there who's three years old, whose head's lower than most of the dogs and the kid's eating a hamburger. Like someone needs to indoctrinate those parents into fucking how dogs work. Three dogs come over there at the same time and they tear your kid apart to fight over the hamburger. You fucking dumb fucks. Uh, uh, the, 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 um, letting your kids uh, put, bringing toys to the park and putting down the slides so that the toys fly off and hit the kid in the face. 10 out of 10 times I see that shit. But, but, but let's look at this. This is just mind boggling that someone thought that this was okay to teach their kid. And, and I know the Jews and blacks are so guilty of this as a whole. I know I'm, I'm speaking a bit in uh, sweeping generalizations, and, and, but, I, but I don't think it's hyperbole. But look at this shit right here. I, this is just batshit crazy. People are not treated fairly as white people. It's not fair. Are we white people? Yes. We Black people are not treated fairly as white people. It's not fair. Are we white people? Yes. We Black people are not treated fairly as white people. It's not fair. Are we white people? Yes. You. Okay. You, you see how, cle how clear cut that is? One kid is saying black people aren't as treated as fairly as white people, and it's not fair. The kid next to him is asking, are we white? And the kid goes, yeah. And he goes, phew. 
That's how the sickness spreads. So what do you think that kid thinks about black people now? People with colored skin. Why, why weren't it? What, if your kid asks about the color of people's skin, you, you, you pull up fucking a, a, a biology website and you, sh- and you show them the biology of different color skins and what it means and, and, and what the belief is on it relative to their biology. Not, not, not some made up shit that you think is real. Those are the same people who let their kids choose their gender. Why are you even why are you even making something imaginary? You don't ask your why, is something imaginary real. You don't ask your kid, you don't explain to your kid that Bigfoot has fur and not hair and how and how it's known because they've never found shedding of the of the uh or the Bigfoot has hair and not fur and how do we know that well because we've never seen the fur from Bigfoot stuck on trees and hair doesn't shed. You don't I mean, what are you doing? Leave your kids alone. That that's fucking abuse. Yeah. What, what kind of parent even films that? Yeah, they're they're, they're basically ver- great question, Travis. What what kind of parent even films that shit so they can post it on social media? Um, they 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 are um virtue signaling using their kids. You got your you got your kid to think of skin color. What what they did is they taught their kid that skin color is a social status. You have to always go deeper instead of some sort of biological piece. I I have the feeling that you just don't even talk about skin color or treat it as any different to anything, and you just treat each individual as they are and judge them by the character, not their skin color, and you don't even bring it up to your kids. Yeah, I well, well, remember it, that. It, as a kids kid. will ask. Kids will ask. They, yeah, they might ask, and it's it's important just to say everybody. Look at our. You could put your skin up next to your boys, and it's going to be slightly different. Your yes. Haley's is slightly different. And, right? I, and I have done that. Different. I've on. Look at me. Look how much darker I am than you, fucking so Jews. You, yeah. So, <laughs> so then you just say like, there's different variations of it. Uh, it. It's weird how much stuff that people go. Oh, we have to stop this, and it's like you could just you created stop it. By it. Just stopping it. Yeah, you you created it. You're you're keeping so much life into it. You're breathing. It's like it's a it could be a little flame somewhere, and you're just doing this until yeah. it starts just billowing and then raging, and then you're like, "Why are people hating each other?" It's Under like, the guise of thinking you're doing something well, it's always that. But you're indoctrinating your kids. Corey, hi. What's up? Can you remember um, your first experience with racism growing up as a child? Yes. What was it? My, my, my best friend in the seventh grade. So I used to have to write my mom, my, both my parents were workaholics and I, and my mom sent me to the good school, which was like, I don't know, let's say five miles from the house because the cool school next to me had all the bad white kids in it It, because I lived in this neighborhood that was all just like, it was basically the hell's angels fucking capital of fucking, um, uh, of the Bay Area. It was a little town called Pacheco, right outside of Martinez, the county seat. And big, big, big motorcycle gang problem. All, all the, you know, gnarly fucking white dudes with all the crazy tattoos. My neighbors would be out front fighting with chainsaws. I shit you not. Um, it, one of my other neighbors got busted for being a, a huge cocaine dealer. Um, and so my mom sent me to the other, to the school like five miles away. And I would have to fuck, my mom would drive me there in the morning with my bike on the back of her car if I was lucky. And then I would ride my bike home. And so all my friends there lived really far away from me. And my best friend was this kid named James Lee. 
and I fucking loved him. So it was actually six, sixth grade. He's my best friend and seventh grade. He's my best friend. And he kept inviting me to stay the night at his house. And I couldn't because I knew that if I would have to ride my bike there and I just didn't want to do that on the weekend. So finally, one day he comes to school and he says to me, Hey, my, my parents think that you might not want to spend the night because you're racist. So I had to go home and fucking ask my mom what that meant. And my friend James was black. So then I was like, fuck. So he thought I didn't want to spend the, 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 the night at his house because of the color of skin. So then I ended up saying, okay, I'll spend, I'll spend the night at your house. Cause I just wanted to, I, I, I'm a people, people pleaser. And, and I had the time of my life, of course. And I started spending the night at his house at least a couple nights uh, 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 a month. And uh, what ended up being cool. They, they were, they were wealthy. Well, they were wealthy compared to us. His dad was an airline pilot. That used to be like a pretty prestigious job. And uh, James was like the smartest kid in our school. I fucking loved hanging out with him. He was so fucking smart. But basically, we would just go into his room and sing uh, rap songs from the second I got there to the second I left, like for two days straight. We, we were big into this uh, rap group called UTFO at the time. They sung, their, fam- their big song was Sally, that girl. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Sally. And then, uh, Sally. That girl. Yeah. yeah, I remember that. And um, and uh, so so that that was my first that was my first. But I didn't even understand it. I thought it was just completely preposterous. I thought it was just fucking like I, I seriously thought like they were damaged goods in, in my head a little bit. Like wow, that I, that, I that remember would suck to think like that. I remember thinking that already in the seventh grade. I, I don't. I think what it was. I remember growing up, um, and the last thing I wanted to be was white. Um, I'm, you, I'm Mexican. Did, oh, you did not want to be white. Yeah. Which is going to bring me to my next question. My dad, his first language was Spanish, but we never spoke it in the house. And, um, I think that's why, like, I was always jealous. I wanted to be different. And so growing up, the last thing I wanted to be was white. So I always like, you know, wore Mexican stuff and I have a Mexican flag in my gym and just something about it. I wanted to be different, but I never saw my, my parents never talked about race color um my sister actually married um uh, a black guy she's she's got a half that's a a different story he ended up beating her um not race related because he was black but no no not not race related but uh we never saw color growing up never saw race growing up until i was about uh 15 16 and i started realizing that um I wasn't invited to these tables at lunch and I started noticing that there were colors at tables. Oh, the black kids wouldn't invite you. Yeah. And yeah. I didn't understand why. Um, Cause I, I grew up listening to hip hop, grew up listening to rap. And um, when I got married, what city was this? What city was this? I lived in Japan for six years. There were black kids in Japan. It was on a military base. Ah, okay. Okay. And, and they wouldn't invite me to these tables and they would always hang out and I would always try to go hang out and, and follow along with them. But, you oh, know, I shit. didn't play basketball. Brandon's saying yeah. that um, Gucci crew sung Sally. Hmm. I know the song. I don't remember who sang it. UTFO <laughs> Sally, that girl. You better not be fucking with me. <laughs> oh, shit. Gucci crew, too. Okay. Well, that's, we listened to them, too. Maybe UTFO, the, the sec- maybe UTFO sung something like, oh, let me see what UTFO sung. Cause I know we listened to a lot of UTFO. Well, thank you. That's embarrassing. 
I always tell my wife that Virginia Woolf wrote a uh, yellow wallpaper and she fucking gets so angry at me because she says that's not true either. The uh, only other time I, I oh, felt as UTFO said Roxanne, 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 Roxanne. You guys know that's an even older song. Yeah. Or is it Roxanne? No, no, no. no that's, that's the police. Yeah. That's no, no. <laughs> Hold on. I, I, I I, I, I want to hear that story, but although I think our guest could come on at any second, but I, but I want to. Yeah. Uh, if they do, feel, kick me off. I just feel like I have to validate. Invalidating? I can't see. Copyright, copyright. Yeah. Yeah. Bitch. I thought you had a plan with that. <laughs> it's like, oh shit. I was like, oh yes, There was this other song that they sung. It started. I thought it, said, it was. Uh, oh no, that, and we used to listen to a lot of Too Short. By the way, we listened to them on cassette tapes. There was no video back then. Mm-hmm. Okay, sorry. Go on. So you weren't invited to the black table at the at the military base. And but the second time I experienced racism, I feel was when uh, I, I met my current wife, and yeah, I remember her. That, sorry, go back a second. Were you making that up? Like that's the thing I always wonder. Like maybe they weren't. Maybe they weren't inviting you to the table, not because like I didn't invite kids to the table either. I didn't invite black kids to the table. So did they think that I was? racist we had no we had no similar interests i don't, i think it was making up the narrative in my my head okay like they went and played basketball after school and i'm a five five white kid mexican kid and the last thing i wanted to do was play basketball so like right. i just i just wanted to be around the loud funny popular kid right and you, but you um, were aware that hey all those kids are black and they hang together and for some reason i'm i, I don't feel comfortable going over there for whatever reason but i want yeah to, but i want to yeah Exactly. I, but I wanted the, to hang the, with the black kids too, actually. If you're cool, that's what you wanted to do. But that's when I realized, yeah, it. as long as I felt cool and was comfortable in my own skin, it, it didn't really matter. I was always in the cool group just with my certain level of, of confidence. And I think you've talked about it before. My biggest defensive mechanism was humor. So, you know, I had to go to five or six different schools growing up in the military. And every single time I went to a new school instead of punching the biggest kid, I would just make fun of the biggest kid. And then, you know, everybody would start laughing and then boom, I, I would immediately start and get sucked into to the cool group. Um, Cause hey, I, I would, I would. Heidi's saying good. this caller's voice, this caller's testosterone is two fifteen, but you had your testosterone te- checked, right? It was like over 700. 900. Yeah. 900. So uh, California hormones is badass. Yeah. Sorry. My, my voice isn't high enough. That's why I said looking at me or talking to me, you wouldn't assume that I have that testosterone, but maybe, maybe it was tainted. If you, if you saw me with my shirt off, you'd think my estrogen was 1100. Yeah. For some reason, Little California hormones. try to breastfeed off me. I sent a sperm sample. I don't know if I sent the right stuff. But <laughs> that was tested. <laughs> <You're supposed> to- <laughs> um, Hey, that's how you but, cheat your testosterone levels. When they draw blood, you just shoot a little load in there and mix it in there. Yeah, might have said <laughs> the wrong thing. I, my wife's family is. So is this uh, the second? I would get. Let's get to the second time you experienced racism. How about that? My wife's family's aristocrat type. You know, grew up all in the East Coast. Um, prominent names 
type family. And Playing tennis, played tennis. I remember, yeah, members at the country club, um, all of that stuff. And I remember dating her in the beginning and word got around that her, her family was not fond of our relationship because I wasn't a white guy. And so that really stung, but it, but it, in, instead of letting that allow me break up with her and being like, Oh, I guess I'm not going to be accepted. It was a chip on the shoulder. And because I had never been in a situation like that and I didn't understand how that would have any correlation as to why I wouldn't be a successful person or a good husband. I used that as fuel to be like, Oh, you don't think I'm going to blank. All right. I'll, I'll prove y'all wrong. And then I just started you know, using that towards my own advantage. So I just, I just find it interesting that that video that you showed already, some of these people are showing their kids the differences. And I, and I also use that to not show my daughter now. Um, those examples. Yeah. They're going to figure it out. They're going to figure it out. Yeah. They're going to, they're going to be, um, they're going to figure it out. They're going to see, I mean, there's definitely cultural, um, uh, things that get attributed to people's color and you, and you're going to, you're going to fucking figure it out, especially if you live somewhere like fucking the Bay area or New York or Los Angeles, you're going to start to figure it out, but you're also going to figure out that you can't put people in these giant buckets. But, but I'll tell you, like, I just, I just watched a video with Alex Stein as he went to Barstool sports. I don't know if you guys Hilarious. have seen that video and there's these two girls yeah. that attack uh, them. Yeah. And they're, and they happen to have melanated skin. And that is the gross part about that. That is the fucked up part about black culture that's, that's being promoted on TV and those women are actually living it out. And that is the reason why that is the reason why, um, how racism seeps in right there. The behavior of these two melanated women, not this guy, this guy's melanated, but like he doesn't promote, uh, you, you don't even think of him as that because he's not embodying what we call a, a black culture in the United States which is this fucking look at you look at. So what, what the irony there, that's white guys pushing down a black man who's not being violent at all. And then these two, these two melanated women, this woman, this other woman come out and start fucking hitting Alex Stein. It's fucking nuts. And, and the way they talk to him, like English is their fifth language. It's fucking disgusting. By the way, Alex is coming on the show. I'm pretty excited. All right. Sorry, my voice isn't deep enough for Heidi, but have a great show. Thanks, brother. Talk to you soon. Yeah. This is a crazy clip. This is a crazy. You see her just slap Alex Stein across the face mm -hmm. after six white dudes push down a black guy. All of a sudden to those girls, I bet you those girls are full BLM girls, but all of a sudden fucking color doesn't matter to them. One of their um, fellow um melanated people gets pushed down by the white dudes they're with. By the way, that dude right there looks like he's juiced out of his mind. You see how red that guy's skin is? Mm -hmm. It's about ideology. It's not about race. Right. Thank you. Yeah. Ideology, what you and what part of uh, culture you embrace. It's a really Clifton. Oh, dude. Cool. It's so, it's so it's sad. It's so stupid. It's so it's so obvious Alex Stein is like no physical, even though he is a really big man, it's so obvious by his body language and the way he talks that he's no, there's no reason to hit him. He was on California hormones. Maybe it'd be more intimidating. Uh, does liver King use California hormones? I hope I'm really hoping that, uh, as he tapers dog, the booty hunter, <laughs> uh, he will, um, 
he is uh i that would be awesome if i really was the liver king Sevon really the liver king god that would be so awesome watching that oh god that would be awesome if big media owned me fuck that would be dope watching that thing with uh Alex made me hate Barstool. I already started disliking it because all their stuff on Instagram was just trash. It was like that dude on the podcast and like they keep running these like porn stars through that. It's like overly sexualized. It has nothing to do with sports. It's just, it's literally, it's it's trash. So I stopped following it. And then after I saw that what they did to Alex, like obviously I'm partial because I really like Alex. But after seeing the way that they like treated him and how they handled themselves, I'm on like fuck, screw Barstool. Yeah, fuck Barstool. I'm not ever fucking with Barstool. I know. Ever. And that's that's I unfollowed him for that. Image, that was dude. my yeah. Yeah. Well, I unfollowed him when you know what I'm talking about? Just the big dude with the hat. He's kind of funny, the podcast guy. I don't I don't I know. I just I just followed him because I just wanted to know what was up with pop culture. Oh. Yeah, it's trash. So I want hookers on the show. I'm trying. I think that's the one element this show is missing is like porn stars and hookers. That's it. That's the last I mean, not the last, but we need it. Sorry, go on. Piece. Go on, Sousa. Sorry. Porn always takes front seat in this show. <laughs> no, I was just saying, I just it, it's just a really bad look for them, and that's going to be tough to recover from that image. Like, whether you like Alex Stein or not, like, watching the way that that was handled and how he was treated is definitely not going to do well for him. Alexis is trying no. to send his reception's tough. We were in chat back and forth a little bit. Maybe he's on top of a building. That would be dope. Like he just joins live and it's just the GoPro. <laughs> He's like climbing. Hey Hunter, I'd like to do a whole show about your experience in the modeling industry and if you ever got diddled. <laughs> That's a a curiosity of mine. Don't teach your kids to be racist. Don't teach them not to be racist. That's that's how you that's how you end up teaching them on accident how to be racist. Just just let them be kids. Just let them, let them be kids. Well, we may have a reception here issue here as we just got a spinning circle right now. Yeah, the the, the now the thing is is even if he does come in, um, I know it's gonna be so chopped. It's gonna be so shitty. But by the way, so if you haven't seen the Thomas DeLauer interview I did, you really have to see that interview. You have to see that interview. Like that. And, and the reason why is he was really moved by the Liver King stuff. It brought up a lot of memories for him about what it was like for him to be a kid. Yeah, that dude had a tough life. Like all the successful people. Look at Hunter Biden. Look how tough his life is. Alexis, you're frozen, brother. You look like you're like in, in some Star Wars spacecraft. <laughs> Later, Hunter. Uh, lot yeah yeah yeah. There are a lot of predatory people in the modeling industry. So much in Hollywood, there's so many predatory people. Oh, you guys want to hear a crazy story? I have this in my in my notes. Yeah, we're not gonna we're not gonna get them. Ask ask them. Will you ask them if we need? Um, uh, I have no idea why my connection is so bad. Uh, do you want to reschedule? Oh, he's saying WhatsApp's taking like five minutes when. You're on your couch at home. That spot was money. You think that's too much slang? That spot was money for a French guy? No. I think the context makes sense there. 
Get Hunter on. I know we need to reschedule Hunter. It's not like, actually, I was actually really impressed with Hunter. Um, and Hiller, uh, when, when we had Gary Roberts on. That show was hilarious. There's so I, many times that I'd like literally was just like laughing so hard watching that and the dynamic between all of them. The thing, the thing is, is that like, um, uh, Hunter and Hiller and myself are showmen. Like, like we know how to get on stage and do and, and like juggle balls and like hop around on one foot and like, you know what I mean? To turn a fucking paper towel into an airplane. And we, we got tricks. Uh, it, it, Gary is like more like when you go to the circus and uh, to the county fair and there's the bearded woman, like he can't turn his shit off. He's like, <laughs> he's like the three legged dog. It just is that way. It's yeah. not, a, it's not a show. It's just, you know what I mean? It's just like, I can't take my beard off. So many people DM me about him just saying how crazy he is. Yeah. Oh, 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 <laughs> I'm so sorry. My connection was so bad. I don't know. My WhatsApp wasn't even working, so I could not tell you guys. Oh, it's not working. Uh, Alexis, you're you're not at. Um, last time we interviewed you, I think you were at your parents' house, sitting on the couch with your girlfriend next to you. This looks like a different location. Yeah, I'm on my other home, which is the climbing gym, which oh. is my other home. <laughs> hey, congratulations! By the way, um, your you've you've you're finally getting the notoriety and the views that your um adventure and your accomplishments uh deserve oh thanks that really means a lot i i keep working uh for this but you know i my next goal is to now uh, get more views and subscribers on youtube but that's a whole other story you know to be able to really like uh Make people like your content on YouTube so they watch longer videos. That's harder than on Instagram. <laughs> you know, I had this. I had this thought this morning. This is. I'm gonna be. This is pretty aggressive of me. I apologize for. Usually, I lube people up a little bit, but I'm gonna be pretty aggressive towards you this morning. I. I had this. I had this thought this morning that what you're doing is so intense, right? No safety yeah. ropes, climbing skyscrapers. I was wondering. I was like, shoot, am I? Am I? If, like, I know from the interview I did for you that that you would do this regardless. Yeah. Like, like we we penetrated pretty deeply into your mind, and this is something that you do for your own reasons. By the way, if you haven't seen the first interview I did with Alexis, it's fantastic, um, and he really explains the um, the nature of his mind and why he's why he's doing this and, and what it fulfills for him. But some, but I was thinking this morning, I was like, because I have kids, I was like, man, we're giving them all of this attention for this thing that requires you to take such well what appears to us as is the biggest risk probably any human being could take right i mean the risks you're taking to the outsider to the layman like me seem absolutely insane yeah it's true that it's a big risk but the good thing is that if if i when you asked me that i think you meant like do i get pressure from other people to do some stuff is yeah, like, should we not be watching you because it, it supports your um your smoking habit? You know what I mean? Your bad <laughs> I see, habit yeah, I climbing skyscrapers. Well, the, the good thing about that is that actually the hardest um, challenge I set, the easiest it looks. So if I want to impress uh, people, I can just climb the easiest building I can find. 
So that that's the good thing about what I do is that. So for example, I'm I have a goal now to do a really really hard and dangerous challenge. You know, but the good thing is that I know that I'm doing this for me for the simple reason that it doesn't even look good on the camera. It doesn't even look impressive on the camera. So I know that I'm doing this for me because it, this particular skyscraper, it won't impress anyone except myself. Right. And on the, on the other hand, if I get pressure to do like more and more uh, crazy and uh, um, beautiful image, dangerous image, then I know I can just do the easy climbing, you know, the easy skyscrapers. I mean, easy. The one I've already done in the past <laughs> who uh, represents a less bigger risk than what I'm doing now and what I have for the future as plans. What is there a building that you've climbed the most? Is there like, is there a skyscraper? I, I think last time we discussed there, there is a skyscraper you've done at least twice, right? Yeah. So uh, I've done the Montparnasse tower three times and I've done also the total tower two times, twice. And those ones, when you, when you do it multiple times, I, I got the impression that part of the reason you do it is to do it with different people. Is that is that correct? So someone else will want to do it and you'll say, okay, I'll do it with you? Yeah. So that that's one of the reasons. Um, because, you know, it's even if it's the same skyscraper, it's the same route. It's always cool to, you know, have different experience from it. So sometimes I, I, I climb a skyscraper by myself alone and then i'll climb with somebody else so i can get other memories you know other uh yeah memories <laughs> different is, is experience there, is there a rule that you that um you should each have your own lane in case the guy on top falls he doesn't knock the guy on the bottom off is there a rule like that? well that would be the the most secure uh that would be the good idea but for example, when we climbed the Montparnasse Tower for the second time uh, with um, Titouan, my friend Titouan, he, he climbed just on top of me. So if he fell, I would have fell with him. So I had to trust him 100% on this one. But usually we're trying to not climb on top of each other. But sometimes we don't have a choice. Uh, Heidi says, um, does it freak you guys out to talk to Alexis? Keeping in mind that every time we talk to him could be the last time uh, because of how dangerous oh. his craft is. <laughs> well, you got about everything. Fuck us. Right? How about his parents? <laughs> yeah, I, I think you guys trust me, right? Absolutely. I, I 100 percent trust you. I can't. I, I, um, you're from what we could, the little we can see on Instagram. It looks like you take this extremely seriously, and that you have, you do not live a balanced life. You're 100 percent in. You don't have distractions. I never see you like at the bar. I never see you doing anything that looks like it's not part of uh, honing your craft. Like your whole life is is realizes this this the um importance of of. I mean, your body is your tool. And it looks yes. like you treat your body like the most important tool that there is. Exactly. So it's it's true that like my whole life is dedicated to this. So I'm trying to get nothing uh, to be like in my way uh, mentally and physically. And also, I've you know before in my life, I've uh, saw my my life my body like as a tool that I can use to perform, which you know works pretty well on short term, but it's not the best um, idea. Uh, on long term you know because when you think uh, short term you think like your body as a tool that you can use but when you think long term your body and your goals your health everything becomes like a whole and i think it's much uh, safer and much healthier on the long run 
and it will lead to ultimately on the wrong run of better health, better uh, progress, better motivation. So I'm trying to keep my body as the number one uh, priority in my life, but not trying to see it as a tool that I can just use and, you know, uh, break if I need to. Because that's, on the long run, it's just unhealthy. And now that this is my main job, I don't have a choice but to think on the long term. Have you, um, I don't think we talked about this in the last show, you know, there's these Wim Hof breathing methods, ice baths have become very popular, um, rolling out. Do you have a... Yeah. Um, in regards to your body, a protocol that you are growing as you get older that helps you take care of your body better? Um, I'm trying to eat well. Um, I haven't been eating too well those last few, this, this last month, but I'm trying to eat well, um, which, do, which doesn't mean uh, eat salad and, uh, you know, <laughs> just salad, because people often mis- mistaken uh, what eating well means. By the way, sorry if my English is, isn't the best. Dude, you're amazing. You're amazing. That's great. That's great. I, I don't even know if uh, mistaken is a word. Yes, it's a word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. a lot of people make the mistake of thinking that eating salad and, you know, like uh, not eating um, meat, not eating eggs, not eating fat is good, but it's not healthy. I'm trying to eat uh, not too much sugar, not too much carbs, uh, some fats, some protein. I'm trying to, you know, eat well. And uh, I, I avoid um, refined products. This when, is like when, my number one rule. <laughs> we, we are awesome. You know, I've, I'm, I'm trying to incorporate that, incorporate that too. Just no, no uh, processed, try to eat as little processed food as possible. Yeah. Just eat whole foods. And, and and we on the show are also a huge proponent of eating uh, healthy fats and healthy meat, uh, meat yeah. that's, you know, that's prepared uh, properly. Yeah. We had, a, yeah. We, we had a guy on recently who said this, and I've known this, but he said it really well. His name's Tanner Shuck. He's a, a trainer out of Dubai. And he said when, when um, he was speaking about CrossFit athletes, but I know it has to be the same for you. It's the same with marathon runners. <laughs> That you have to, when you're about to execute at the highest level, you need to be basically as lean as you possibly can be while still being healthy. And you see that yeah. in marathons, everyone always, the guy who wins the marathon is always dehydrated. When you watch the CrossFit games, these guys are skin and bones, right? Like you can see every muscle on them. And I'm guessing it's it's got to be crazy important to you too, right? When if, yes. if you're five pounds heavier than you're used to in climbing, that's a lot of wear and tear in a building that's you know 600 feet tall. Yeah, so you got everything right. It's exactly it's a big uh, it's a big subject actually for my life, for my training is that I'm try. So my goal is to have to make the smallest changes as I can for each climb, because I think it's healthier to just keep one body and maybe lose one kilograms or two kilograms but not more but sometimes i'm gonna i'm gonna have in the future to lose more weight than that how, how tall are you i'm uh, one meter and 70 centimeters and, and, and uh, Caleb, can you do the translation on that for us? Uh, uh, conversion. And, <laughs> and, um, uh, and, and how much do you weigh? I weighed uh, 65 kilograms. And, and what's the most you've ever weighed, weighed Alexis? Oh, so I've weighed, I've weighed um, se- uh, 72 kilograms. 
when I was uh, trying to gain uh, more mass, you know, trying to get uh, stronger, I was hurt from uh, climbing. So I decided to just go, you know, full bulk mode. <laughs> okay, so you're so, five yeah. foot nine. So you're not short. Well, I, I am. Short. You're normal. Oh, oh no, no, no. I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm one uh, meter and and seventy, not seventy six. So you are short. Yeah, I'm short. That would be awesome <laughs> if you were shorter than me. That'd be I'm awesome really if you were shorter. <laughs> oh, five seven. Okay, I'm still shorter than you. Damn. Oh wow. <laughs> you don't need to say oh wow when I tell you I'm shorter than you, Alexis. <laughs> and how much do you weigh? I'm probably one sixty. I, I between. I'm probably one sixty five. I weigh more than you. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Almost uh, 10 kilograms more than me. Yeah. I'm a chubby old man, though. I'm a chubby ah, old man. Don't, don't say that. <laughs> um, uh, Alexis, there's this um, clip of you that I thought was fascinating. Uh, it's, the, it's the one on the very bottom, Caleb. And um, when you're climbing, I can hear you breathing and kind of making noises when you breathe. Like the way a martial artist makes noises when he yeah. strikes or when my kids play tennis, when they hit the ball, ball. I hear them going. Can you explain this to us? We're going to play the clip for people at home real quick. All right. And so there's these, you, you sound like an air compressor, like you. Yeah. So <laughs> there it's are cool. a few reasons. Yeah. There are, there are a few reasons. Uh, the first one is it's almost like a reflex when you do like a hard movement to just push air out of your mouth so you can uh, contract your, uh, your um, core muscles. That's something I do when I train, especially because I train a lot on roof climbing, which you need basically all the time to get your core um, uh, stabilized. So th that's the, the first reason. The second reason is because, you know, it's uh, important to have a good breathing, to push air as you uh, train, so you don't run out of oxygen for your muscle. Uh, otherwise, I would, you know, my muscle would like dry and, you know, I will start, uh, my fingers will start to open. So I have to use my breathing correctly. So just, you know, breathing in and out always, all the time to be oxygenated. And, but that's, that being said, I don't need to make noise when I uh, breathe, but I'm choosing to make noise so it sounds good on the camera because oh. I know the viewers like to <laughs> hear what's happening. He's a showman. I, I know the viewers like to hear what's happening. So yes. most of the time I'm breathing, I'm like, <sighs> but you don't really hear it. And 1% uh, of the time I'm like, okay, I'm going to, you know, make a little bit more noise when I do that so people can hear what I'm doing. Because like if I had a mic like really close up to my mouth, people would always hear like. <laughs> but the fact that it's only a GoPro, you don't really hear what's going on. So I'm, I'm pushing a little bit more my the noise of my mouth, so people can really see what's going on when I'm uh, climbing. Because I know people like that. It works really well when I'm either explaining uh, to the people something or when I'm just you know like they see what's going on, like they get more context behind the climb than just seeing you know an impressive uh, stunt um yeah where, the gopro is a sits on your forehead always yeah that's uh, yeah, always the spot yeah it's on my forehead 
Have you ever forgot get to the top and you realize you forgot to hit record or you ran yeah. out of card space? It has happened. So something similar happened. So a few times my GoPro just shut down, um, shut, shuts off before the end for no reasons. So that's pretty annoying. Uh, there's another thing is that one day I climbed in Barcelona and I realized when I started climbing that I forgot to put my GoPro on, uh, I actually with me, you know, on my forehead. So I just climbed without the GoPro, but that's okay. It's an easy, it's a really easy climb. Not really interesting, especially for the, with the GoPro shots, not really interesting. So no regrets. Um, how, how high up were you when you realized you forgot to put the GoPro on? Something like 20 meters, but it wasn't oh. a big problem. Like I was like, oh, I didn't bring my GoPro, but I, I just did this climb for fun. Not for, you know, get footage of the GoPro, so... It would be much bigger problems in the future, or like for my most recent climb, where I really need my GoPro. You know. Um, are, are you sponsored by GoPro? No, I wish. <laughs> I think I'm. I'm doing what I'm doing is way too dangerous for GoPro to sponsor. I guess. Right. Like, okay. It's, it's not even official. You know, it's not an official sport. What right. I do is like. You know, it, it can be seen as, you know, just reckless and just dangerous for nothing for big brands. But, you know, maybe one day I would love to. You, you know, it, it, it would be a huge mistake to call it reckless because if it were if it were reckless, you'd be dead already. Yes, I, I agree. Of course. So you can't call it reckless. No, it's actually exact, I think. It's like it's it's perfect. It has to it's, be perfect. It's so precise. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of the opposite mm -hmm. of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's I have to do always every movement has to be like thought of before the climb. I have to think of everything, I have to plan everything. Uh for example, on the on my last climb, I knew there was a part that I could not train beforehand. So I had to like do it in my mind and think uh and get, you know, what I'm, I thought about what I would do up there, and I just learned it by heart without even doing it before. And what what was that? Can you tell us what the exact was? It a transition? Yeah. So it's a place where I normally uh, when I finish a climb, you know, the top is like this. So I. Just, oh yeah, this one right here in the video where you have yeah. to transition there. The, the pose here is perfect. The pose is perfect. It's exactly on this movement. I have to put my feet where my hands are and just push with my hands and feet at the same time while trying to not lose balance because otherwise I would just fall backwards. So it's and, and plus we don't see it from here, but there's no the the holes are different. The holes are not something you can put your fingers on. You can just pinch like this, you know. Yeah. You can just pinch on the sides. So it's that part of the climb was way more extreme than all the other floors before. Let, let's talk about this for, in more detail for a second. So yeah. you're telling me that you transitioned there from vertical to a slight angle, and you yeah. could not practice that anywhere else. There wasn't somewhere lower on a lower building. Did you even know what exactly. it was going to look like? Did you even know what it was going to look like? So, yeah, I knew how it would look like because I sent a drone up there. I saw that the, the finger holes were gone. Uh, on the second part of the building, you know, uh, where it goes like this. But I, I, I knew that I could get the pinch, you know, on either on the both sides of the windows, 
and bring my toes where my feet are so I can push and finish at the same time, you know, get my body up and, you know, uh, clear this uh, movement uh, even if I didn't train it. Like, I knew exactly what to do even if I hadn't trained before I had. Um, so I'm, I'm picturing like five of your friends sitting around in a living room in front of a TV set and you guys are looking at this drone footage and you guys are sitting there starting it, stopping it, pausing it. And like, basically you guys are studying, okay, what's yeah. it going to look like here? Yeah, that's, that's pretty much, that's pretty much it. Except we were like, I remember that I was my friend Leo and we were thinking about doing this climb. And in the end, he wasn't really interested. He was, uh, he didn't like the same as me, the fact that we couldn't train the upper part of the building. But after a few months, I thought a lot about it. And I, you know, I thought to myself, I'm going to try it. It should be fine. And if it's not fine, I will just go down. Oh, you would have gone down. You would have gone down. Yeah, I, I trained on this one enough so that if I needed to go down, I was, I'm able to do it. But, but it would have been hard. It would have been a real real uh, problem you know to be polite <laughs> but but it's it it was still a possibility um, um it, oh barefoot too we got to talk about that too oh um, yeah so so when you do that you you get up there for people who don't know we talked about this in the other show one of the one of the training regiments that alexis does is he'll just go to a building and he'll go up a couple floors or just one floor and back down yeah. and he'll yeah. do that forever yeah. And yeah. so that way he's developing, even though he doesn't have to take a lot of risk, he may be only 20 feet off the ground. He just goes up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. Exactly. Yeah. We can, we can see that on my, I create a story, uh, a highlight story that says uh, urban training. And we can see that I go down, up, down, up, down. And it's, it, it can seem like ridiculous from the outside, but it works pretty well because nothing prepares you more to do a specific task than doing this task and just putting yourself you know um uh, constraints you know like um until you can't you know <laughs> until you're too tired to to continue and, and, and in that what are you doing up there at the top you move your hands around up there too like you're getting in some extra training like you you were lowering your hand like when you get to the top before you went down you did something with your hands what are you doing there see that thing you do there Oh, is it that you're I'm just, just readjusting it for the descent? Yeah, I, I'm letting go one hand to just uh, getting some, uh, how do you say, to getting some rest in one hand. So the good thing is that I can let go one hand and rest it and then grab my other hand and let go the other one, etc. Something you but, want to practice when you're not uh, 500 feet off the ground. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's also important to practice when you're a bit higher because sometimes you can feel confident when you're down there because you're like, okay, I'm good. You know, I, I can let go one hand easy, no problem. But as soon as you go up, you realize that you're slipping a little bit from the, from the, the skyscraper and that you actually can't let go one hand really safely. So when you're up there, the, the feelings are so different because each uh, uh, drop of sweat on your feet or on your hand, anything, you, you get this feeling, but... Uh, multiplied by 100 you know everything is multiplied everything is is bigger is so it's important to also go up so i can see how it feels to be there and if i'm really okay letting go letting go one hand at 10 meters because 
to do that at two meters is something, but to do this at 10 meters is something else. So it's important to have physical training for each building like this, but also a mental training and just, you know, knowing how your body and your mind respond to this particular uh, skyscraper. So for this, it's important to go high up and just see how it feels, you know. Not necessarily a little um, height, you know, a little, a little height, but, you know, a height that is enough to, you know, bring you to the hospital. So you're sure that you don't want to fall at all. Um, are you suggesting, which would make perfect sense, that there becomes a point on the climb that you have a self-awareness that's elevated beyond what could ever yeah. be experienced? Because yeah, yeah, for sure. somehow intuitively your body knows that now, you, you know, you're, you're 200 feet off the ground. And even though you didn't tell yourself to become this, this aware, you're hyper aware. And oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And you have to practice that ability to be that hyper aware that that itself can become maybe disorienting. Of course. Yeah. It's, I think it's the, um, it's something really important uh, for me to separate feelings from emotions once I'm up there, you mean feelings have, like tactile feelings versus emotions. Yeah, okay, exactly. So, it, it, especially in English, it's feelings can mean what you feel. Like, and if I do this, I'm gonna be hurt. I'm okay, feel hurt. And feelings like uh, emotions, I feel sad, right. I feel good, etc. Mm -hmm. right. Once I'm up there, I have absolutely no emotions, zero emotions. You know, like I said on the previous uh, episode, there's there's no room for emotions. Basically, no room for anything except pure logic. What if I mind. yelled at you from the bottom, Alexis, you have a tiny dick. You, no, you won't face it. You won't, you won't get it. Hey, asshole, shut up. You won't get, you won't get angry? I won't hear it. It's crazy, it's crazy. I won't hear it. If I have to be focused enough, I will not hear it. I can promise you that. And But at the same time, I have no emotions. But it, I will have a really big sense. You know, all my sense will be multiplied. Like mm. my sense of touch, my sense of hearing, my sense of anything, like any feelings is multiplied. You know, the wind that comes uh, on your face, you feel it like a lot. A uh, single drop of sweat that comes on my hand, I will feel it. Anything, I will feel it. So it's a really weird uh, sensation, you know. It sounds like it, it's like being on psychedelics. <laughs> yeah, it's like all, all my sensations are multiplied. And it feels like meditating, you know? Yeah, like yeah, I, 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 yeah. It, it's like I see myself on the, like the third perspective, almost, you know? I mean, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but yeah. It, hey, it, it, I fully get it. There's times where I'm sitting still and I can actually feel a bead of sweat come out of a pore. I, oh, I, really? I, I'll cultivate so much awareness, yeah, that I'll feel a bead of sweat come out of a pore. And it's nuts. It's absolutely nuts. But it takes a, a long time to get there. And a lot of practice. And what you're saying is you go up that high and you get – it induces that state. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's nice. pretty much it. I go I go up there and like even like my forearm that would start to burn or start to get tired, I will feel it before uh, it actually gets tired. Whereas if I'm next to the ground, I mean I will not listen to my body as well as if I'm up there. Because it's crucial for me to anticipate anything that could comes along, where, uh, where, uh, like my forearm uh, burning, or my, uh, my my sweats that would start to make me feel slippery. 
all those things I have to anticipate. Um, Caleb, can you pull up the word addicted? I want to, I want to see what the definition is. See, see, um, before I use it on you, my, my question is going to be, do you think that you're forming some sort of addiction to this sensation? Let me read addiction is physically and mentally dependent on a particular substance and unable to stop taking it without occurring adverse effects. Hmm. Do, do well, you think that maybe if you weren't able to do this, you would it would it would uh, severely bother you? Oh yeah, if if I was not allowed, um, I don't know if for some reason, like if I they got rid of all the buildings anymore. in the world, <laughs> <laughs> I, I would be pretty pissed off. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I also love uh, rock climbing outside, but it would be some. I, it would make me really sad. Yeah, for sure. And uh, yeah, I. I think it's not like I'm not addicted, but I just love feeling this control. You know, I love it too much to stop. And maybe I'm addicted on one, one particular climb, actually, which is the Montparnasse Tower. Uh, like I, I talked about it earlier. The one you've done it's, three times? Yeah. I want to do it again and again and again and again. I mean, it's so perfect. It feels like it has been made to, to be climbed because the, the, it's not too hard, but it's not too easy, you know? It's it's really high. It's beautiful. There's no other skyscrapers uh, that even come close in terms of, of um, being like massive like this and high. Uh, it's, in, it's in the center of Paris. I mean, it's it's just beautiful. And the climb is amazing. You know, it feels amazing. I want to do this again and again. And I think I'm addicted to this specific climb, actually. <laughs> what's the um? What's the closest? Are there rules for the drone operator? Like, hey, don't bring the drone within thirty feet of me. Or, are there um, rules? I mean, I I like to actually I like to live my life um, based on trust. You know, I mean, I either trust someone or I don't. Uh, for example, I don't trust anyone to belay me on rock climbing. I don't trust. I don't trust any equipment. I don't trust being in a car with somebody else. But I trust when my friend is climbing uh, below me. And uh, no, when, when I'm climbing below my friend, I mean, you get it. Mm-hmm. And I, I trust in this particular case, I, I, I trust because I'm okay with letting go 100%. The thing is that I either have to not let go at all or absolutely let go everything Uh-oh. and put my whole life in somebody else's hand. So this is why... I think I, I I love also this sport so much because when I'm doing this, it's I'm the one controlling my life. You know, I'm the one. I, I don't have to trust anybody ex- else except me or my friend, on which I trust. Uh, same same in me. I trust him uh, as much as me. You know. So yeah. Are, are you still with the same? Are do you still have the same girlfriend you had last time? Yeah. Uh, it's interesting you said that about um, complete loss of control or complete control. Are you, are you difficult to get along with? Uh, I I think I'm um, pretty introvert, you know, as a lot of people are. I'm I'm trying to to be more extrovert, uh, especially for YouTube for podcasts like these ones. Yeah, I'm trying to show more my personality, uh, be more exciting to be with, but. I I think I'm I'm hard to get along with. I think I'm 
my girlfriend. Like, like if, like if she took the me. trash out instead of you, and she put the trash can on the curb in the wrong spot, would that be something that would you would be oh, like, no, 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 no. I, I don't put uh, importance, uh, importance in my head on these uh, things in life. So you're not but, a control for because uh, I was starting to picture you as like a control freak. Like if she overcooked your eggs, you might flip <laughs> out. Or if, <laughs> no. if like she made the bed, but you have to make the bed, you would be like, no, no, that's I do that. Oh, she has to make the bed. If I oh, touch she, the bed, she has to. Oh, oh, so she's the, the control freak. Perfect. Yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. But only, only, only about the bed. Not, not okay. the, on the other stuff. She's not. But about the bed, it's uh, like religious. You know, the bed has to be made this way, this way, this way. Not like yeah. this. So I'm, I'm not allowed to touch uh, our, our bed. You know, I'm not allowed to make our bed. <laughs> but, <laughs> but the thing is that I'm, I, I think I'm getting bored a lot with uh, a lot of people, you know, like if some, some people like talk to me about their stuff and I, I, I know it's really mean thing to say that, but you know, I'm just being honest. Most people, uh, when they talk about their life, it's just ex- extremely boring. Like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's absolutely boring. I, I, Oh my God, my post only got 37 <laughs> likes. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. But, and recently I talked with a friend and I know that it's possible to talk with, like, I, I know I'm not a dick because I, when somebody... Your English is great, story. by the way. When you can say, I know I'm not a dick, that's some good-ass English. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's good. Thanks. I know I'm not a dick because if somebody has an interesting story about them, I'm, I can listen for three hours straight without even, like, saying a word. Like, I, I had some guy recently. He's a journalist, independent journalist, and he went to Ukraine uh, to film like uh, you know uh, the horror and the war, and he told me the most like like extreme and uh, interesting at the same time uh, things. And he was one of the first journalists, and he saw things absolutely like that you didn't even see in the media because like he he couldn't even take some of these things in in pictures because you know when you reach uh, some level of gore you you can't like take pictures it's just too horrible. But he told me like some insane stuff that he saw that he lived. Like anecdotes, uh, even some 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 things that are not uh, too depressing. Yeah, sorry, I just uh, <laughs> the whole podcast now just took another turn. <laughs> but yeah, he he told me like even some funny anecdotes. You know, like some Ukrainians a soldier like beat him, uh, beat like like a punch punch him because he thought he was a spy and stuff like this. So Damn. he has a lot of stories to to tell, and that was extremely in- interesting. And I just listened to him for like three hours, but. When Should I have him on the talk- podcast? Should I have him on the podcast? Well, I, I, I can. <laughs> I can give you his contact. Like perfect, a lot perfect. Of stuff to talk about. I'll bug and you in WhatsApp really, afterwards. And he's a really interesting person. Like, like he has a lot of things to say, and uh, we can talk hours with this guy. So yeah, it's really cool. But when somebody talks about their dogs and how their dogs are cute, like I don't know how <laughs> to say this, but I really could not give like. You know, I, I I don't know if I don't know if I'm allowed to drop the f bomb here, but it's I don't care at all. I yeah. don't care at all. I, and 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 I don't know. Like I I feel like I'm hard to live with because a lot of the time when people will talk to me, if it's not interesting, I'm not going to pretend. And I think that's my biggest. Um, oh, how do you say it in English? Uh, the opposite of quality is a flaw. A flaw. Thanks. So yeah, my biggest flaw is that. If I'm bored, I'll be like that, <laughs> and I, 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 will, I will not pretend to be um, to be interested. 
So th- that's that's why I'm I'm hard to live with. That's called uh, uh, having integrity and being sincere. Also, yeah. Well, <laughs> thanks. I just interrupt people when they're boring. Yo, well, <laughs> I just interrupt I'm, I'm, them. Oh, great! What does that say for me? <laughs> I interrupt it all the time. I'll interrupt people even when they're not boring. How's that? <laughs> okay, so no rules. No rules about how close the drone gets to you. You trust the guy. Has he ever yeah, flown it too close to you? Trust. Has he ever flown it too close to you? Yeah, once. Once he what? had a problem with the drone, <laughs> and the drone almost, uh, you know, crashed into me. But everything uh, was fine. You know, I, I just decide that I'm not thinking about this. You know, it's, it's like I said, it's binary in my head. I either think about it or I don't. And in this case... I decide to trust him, but now the, the he's getting more and more professional. So like, my most recent drone shots are really good. So now I know I can trust him. Like he's not gonna go on me, and he's buying a lot of really good quality drones. So I'm good now. But what I don't like is when some guy shows up uh, a few hours before my climb and comes to me and say, "Hey, can I film with my FPV drone?" And you know, just it makes noise. Um, it uh, makes the other drone shots less beautiful because there's always something in the way. Like it's it's annoying because when I when I climb, I know it can seem a, a lot um, very um, egocentric, but it's it's my project. Yeah. Hey, dude. Anyone? There's a there's a a bit of presumptuous and assholeness to actually think that you're gonna you're gonna send a drone up with a guy who's putting his life at risk that you've yes. never met before. I mean, exactly. It already yeah. shows a little bit of a bad character trait. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because well, it's also because people don't understand like that what I'm doing is with sport. Like I'm putting my life in danger because some of those people are. I mean, the people that film me are like from urban exploration. Which there are really nice people, but some of those people that I don't actually don't know, they don't understand that what I'm doing is not the same as they do. I'm there's actually a chance that I fall and I I just die. So they they just for them it's just another day of urban exploring and flying drones everywhere. But for me, my life is in this on the line. So I don't even blame them. They just don't understand that you know. So. That's why when I climb, in, especially for my next climbs, I want uh, only my drone operator in the sky, in the air, you know, in the air traffic, nothing else. Because, you know, first one, I don't trust somebody else than my drone operator. The second one, you know, uh, come on, it's, it's, it's my day. You, you'll be doing that later, but let me climb, you know, bro. <laughs> How many urban climbers are there? Uh, Less than a well, dozen? I- is there, I think there's a lot of urban climbers in a way that a lot of people do like ur- urban bouldering or urban. I, I mean, guys who go over 10, 10 floors on the outside of a building. Yeah. How many like guys ur- are there? Urban, uh, people that do urban climbing free solo. So like urban free solo, uh, especially now, like five, four, five in the world. Yeah. Four or five. Cause like there's two guy in the UK, but, uh, they're not specialized in urban climbing and, to be honest, like I'm not being mean, and I respect them for what they do, but they ha- they've never climbed like a hard skyscraper or like a real, you know, like a real challenge, you know. So I don't know if we can consider them like a skyscraper climber, but even if we, even if we took take them in uh, those five, just Alain Robert, me, Leo, those two guys, my friend Titron, so like between four and six in the world, you know. 
Are there always police waiting for you at the top? I know I asked you that before, but I know people like to know, hear the answer to that. Well, not always. Um, the thing is that if security sees me climbing, starting to climb, then they will call the police because they have no other choice. Otherwise, they might get in trouble. But if the police come, it's not their problem anymore. They're out of trouble. Uh, so this happens. But the thing is that the security and the police, they always say, almost always say, say uh, on my last climbs, it's always the case. They say, wow, this is great. Um, I hope you're going to not get in trouble. That's, that was so cool. Like, bro, can we take a selfie? Like, I, I've taken a few selfies with the police officers and security guys. It, it's like they, they, they always say to me, that's really cool. Alexis, and, don't uh, you need to get caught? Because what if you're on the roof yeah. and you don't get caught? How do you get the door open to go that's down? That's exactly what I was going to ask. Yeah, th th that's a good question. So um, the, the last times I climbed, it was two buildings that are less famous, uh, really interesting climbs with less famous building. So nobody actually saw me climb except the security. On the first one, nobody saw me climbing. Like uh, some people saw me from the ground. They like, took pictures and stuff, but nobody like saw me climb. Um, so I reached up the top and I entered in the building. So I uh, the door was triggered... open. Yeah, door was open from the inside, wow. and I triggered a silent uh, alarm. So the security was looking at for me from inside the building, and they had no idea how I came in. They thought I was like a, a thief, you know. I came. But no, I, 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 and I had to when they caught me because they almost didn't caught me. I could have escaped. But they, they locked the door from the inside on the on the the first floor. So I was thinking about exit exit on the first floor, you know, uh, like the ground floor. I mean, like a regular so my, person, like a regular person, <laughs> you were gonna exit on the first floor. <laughs> yeah. So so I, I could have done that, and it would have worked, but it wasn't a Sunday, so it was closed. So I'm like, no, it's closed. And then I, I I took a look at the um, at the ceiling, and I saw that there was a red light doing this. So I, I understood that I triggered a silent alarm. So I thought, I'm either going to sleep here and there's nobody inside or there's a security inside and I'm going to have to find a way to, you know, either escape or, you know, explain to them how I got inside. And when I saw them, they, they weren't even like looking at me because I, I tried to exit on the, from the back, uh, which was really hard. It took me like half an hour in this, in this maze with no lights. Yeah, I, I forgot to say, absolutely no lights. Like I was like almost blind, touching you know the, uh, touching the, the the walls, trying to to understand where I was. And when I saw a guy from the security, I immediately told him, "Hey, hey, I'm I'm cool. I I climb. I'm cool. I didn't steal anything." And he didn't believe me that I climbed. He thought I was a thief. Can't you tell yeah. by looking at you? I mean, it's kind of obvious. I mean, you have you have weird hands. You're covered yeah. in chalk and shit. Yeah, chalk you're fucking. You, you look like you've just been in a fight. You're all sweaty and your clothes are all jacked. And that's true. That's true. But he 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 like he couldn't believe that I free soloed the skyscraper from the right. inside. Because and also the a lot of urban explorers they go inside and then they go to the roof. They take pictures and then they live from the inside. Okay, but and those so, are urban explorers, right? Right, and we've seen those guys. Okay, yeah, and, and they thought I was one of them because they couldn't believe that I climbed from the outside. You know, I just climbed the building, so they at first they tried to lock me in. Uh, so that was pretty weird. Uh, they tried to lock me. One guy tried to lock me inside a closet. So I immediately told him that's uh, illegal. I mean, 
you're not even like police officer. You can't like lock me uh, inside of a closet. That's uh, in France we say séquestration, which means like ah, uh, séquestration. Yes, I'm familiar. Yeah, with like that. <laughs> when you like lock somebody uh, inside a room or lock somebody inside something uh, against its will. So it's it's a big uh, you know crime. Yeah, so, kidnapping or something. Hostage, yeah, yeah. So I told him, hey, don't do that. Uh, plus, I got a GoPro. Uh, I'll be filming myself in, from the inside. Don't do that. We're both adults. Let's just talk. <laughs> Let me explain. And I, I told him like, hey, you know, type my name on Google, because uh, uh, this way you can believe me. You'll find like articles and a video. So he, he, he left. Two minutes after, he comes back, and he shakes my hands like, bro, you're amazing. <laughs> like, like, you, you, you really climbed the, this building we're in like you climbed from the outside and then he believed me and he saw like uh, videos and he asked me for a selfie uh, so f- funny story that w- when he looked at the camera he was like hey it's, it's not cool etc and he said come on follow me and we went in we went in another room where there's no like security camera and then he said wow bro you're amazing he shaked my hand he asked for a selfie and when he left and he, he passed by this camera. He was all professional again because I think he was scared of like, <laughs> yeah. his boss looking at him, taking a selfie with me. Like he would be like, "Hey, what the fuck you're doing?" You know? Yeah. <laughs> you're you're taking a selfie with the guy that break break in. You know? But so he called the police. The police was like, "Was like, hey, that's cool. Uh, you know, follow us." And when I left, they just told me, "Hey, uh, have a good night." And that's I it. asked them, "Hey." You're not bringing me to the police station or anything? Like, what's what's happening now? He's like, hey, uh, it's so it's in a sensitive neighborhood. So he told me, you know, you know, uh, we're in this neighborhood. We got other stuff to do. Wow. <laughs> so he just left because it's a place with a lot of uh, crackheads and uh, stuff like that, you know. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, we know what those are. We have a lot of those here. Yeah. Um, you don't. Um, so you don't take a cell phone on the climb. No, I don't know. I, I try to be as light as possible. After, before a climb, I try to, you know, lose a few weights, uh, lose water weights. So, no, I don't take any cell phones. I'm trying to be really light. Right. No no headlamp. No, nothing. Nothing. Uh, ch- you have your bag of chalk, the tape yeah. on your fingers, and some cl- yeah. and your minimal clothes. Yeah. Sometimes climbing shoes. Sometimes I don't have climbing shoes. Um, uh, if you... Uh, well, oh, wearing shoes, barefoot. When did you start going barefoot? How did that so start? The, were you doing that last time we talked? Were you going barefoot? Yeah. yeah, yeah oh, you I, were, okay. I, but it, it depends. Sometimes it's easier to climb a building barefoot. Sometimes it's harder. For example, if the horizontal ledges are really small, I can't go barefoot because I, I can't, like, you know, uh, use my, my toes to, to grab the thin ledges. Uh, but... If the if I'm okay with being barefoot for some reason, like on this one, there there is no horizontal ledges. There is just a few, uh, how do you say, like a few cracks like this, and I can't put my shoes in it. Like the crack is too small. It's it's like this, you know. So I can barely put my big toe in it. So this is why I, I cannot yeah. believe these pictures. It, ah, it's, it's unfathomable insane. that you're actually holding on by there. And all the people who listen to my podcast are pretty fucking strong people. And this oh, really? is just nuts. Cool. Yeah, it, this is just nuts. I it's like like a regular person can't even go up one floor, right? Like that's just not enough, right? There's just you just can't that's fucking thick. But yeah, I, I, it's it's you know it's like everything is training. Like I think it's it's a 
it's a beautiful uh, expression of how we work, you know, uh, as humans, even as animals, you know, it's like we, our body and our mind adapt to a specific environment. And yeah, you can see on this, on this screenshot that I can put, I can barely put my big toe in this really small yeah. crack. And I, I was not able to fit my shoes. Like I seriously, I tried, it didn't fit. I, and I realized that when I was barefoot, I could really like fit my big toe. Plus, uh, the, um, the climb was easier. Like, you know, when I actually climb, uh, when I'm barefoot, when I'm barefoot, I can use my feet on the glass. The stick it, more? Yeah, it sticks more. It's more grippy. So it's, it's better. On this one, it's better to be barefoot. Same as on the um, uh, Franklin Tower, which is another skyscraper I climbed. It's pretty, it's maybe even my hardest challenge yet, the, the uh, Franklin Tower. It's the skyscraper I climbed with really uh, wide um, ledges. And so I, I was barefoot on this one because the same problem, the, it was not grippy enough with shoes. And even like if I try to let um, extend my feet as much as I could, it was not possible. Like it was not grippy enough. Um, th there's a, um, there's a video I want to show. It's, uh, it's down at the bottom, Caleb. It says, when did you decide to climb down to the hook? Um, this is, you, you're, you climbed a crane here and, oh, yeah. and then you lowered down to the hook. Um, was that the plan all along? Yeah. Like, when did, when did you decide <laughs> to do that? So th that's actually rather, that, that's pretty easy to be honest. Like, it doesn't require much strength. But I, I had fun like going back up on the cable without using my feet, so just my hands oh my like just on the cable. And um, that actually was the idea of my friend Leo. I gotta give credit to him. It was his idea. Uh, so you so, knew when you climbed up there, you were gonna lower onto the hook. That wasn't like a last minute idea. Yeah, yeah, that was our idea, you know. But the thing is that before I did something much harder on this uh, crane, but it was positioned differently. It was more like this. And uh, I was able to like go down the whole crane using the cable, you know, not just five meters, like the whole like uh, 30 or 40 meters crane uh, with the cable. Uh, like, you know, Mission Impossible style, you know, like uh, with uh, my both of my feet on the, on the cable and both my hands on the cable, just going down like this. And then I was frustrated because the crane moved. So this was not possible. I mean, it was still possible, but it, it became much easier. Like the crane uh, was much smaller. So I, it was not much interesting. So I had the idea of, uh, Leo had the idea of doing this instead, which is, you know, it's a money shot. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. That's incredible. Thanks. Alexis, have you have you done any climbs and just you see something you see something weird like on a ledge somewhere? There's like a gold watch or a bracelet or an earring or a oh. bird's nest. Or have you ever seen some shit and you're like, how did this get here? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I I uh, I think I've seen a Coca Cola bottle. <laughs> of course, on the they're everywhere. The <laughs> I was climbing the Sky Milia in Barcelona, which is a hotel. Uh, 100 meters and 20, 120 meters. And about in the middle, there's a Coke bottle that is, that's been here maybe like, who knows, for like years, maybe like... Uh, Window cleaner? I don't know, like maybe 10 years, maybe 20 years. And you can see it's no wow. bottle too. So, <laughs> And I have no idea how we, went, how we end up here. Do you but think the, the window thing is cleaner that, left it there? 
maybe that's a big possibility because the, I I know that it's not going to get out. It's like it has been placed there because basically the the sky mirror is like is like this. You climb big, uh, you pinch big uh, piece of metal, and it's behind those piece of metal. So it's not here like by mistake. Somebody right. put it here. It's not. It's actually not easy to put it here. You know, and it's not going to go out. So I don't know. Is it still there? I think yeah. You left Or, it. I didn't touch it, but maybe some other <laughs> guy uh, <laughs> did. Wow. You know? And I've seen also bird nests uh, around the middle, like 100 meters high. Uh, when I was around the middle of the NG Tower, it's uh, really easy to climb skyscrapers. And sometimes there are big places with where you can find like uh, three pieces of metal like this. And uh, it's every three meters. And a bird built a nest on the thing. You know, on the top of this thing, and it's a it's a clever idea because it's it's not moving. Um, have you been in any movies? Have you been asked to do any commercials? Have you been? Is there any? Uh, is there any work that's come out of this? So I wish, I wish, I would love to do stunts for movies because I'm. I mean, I I could do climb stuff, but I could could also do like uh, parkour stuff. You know, jumping from a rooftop to another stuff like that so um, i would love to for now i'm doing a movie a documentary that will be out maybe in 2023 or 2024 we're shooting this with a company that's called the vladar company now we're not um like we have a few sequences to shoot but i can't wait for this movie to be made and to be out and there's also another documentary a vice documentary That should be out in uh, February or March. Okay, don't get too close But, to those guys, the Vice guys. <laughs> Why? They have, a, they have a virus in their mind. They're sick. They're sick people. They're they're what we call in the United States woke. Be very careful oh, yeah. around those guys. Okay, don't yeah. let that disease catch you. But <laughs> I, I, disease I, catch you. No disease can catch me. But okay. the, the the thing is that uh, nice. Vice is that there's uh, a lot of like Vice is a huge company. Like there's a lot of There's Vice News, Vice, and they yeah. have a lot of stuff, you know, that you talk about on social yes. media. But they also have like really good uh, documentaries about like cartel. Uh, I hear you. I didn't mean about, to like, shit on your documentary. Oh, I just wanted you to know. I don't want you to get sick. I don't want you. It's spreading across the United States now. We're waiting for it to go away. Yeah, I, I'm not. I don't, I'm not getting sick. Okay. <laughs> don't worry. Good, good, good. Next thing you know, you'll be feeling sorry for yourself. <laughs> um, is there um, is there a building that 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 you're afraid even to think of but you want to think of it is there a building you're like fuck that thing has to be done like what about this transamerica building in san francisco this one that's like pointy like this so yeah i have a building that i have in mind but the thing is that i it's i i know i can do it but now the question is how much effort am i going to put in this project So I'm sure to survive, you know. Now that that's the question. <laughs> and, and 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 this building, when when you think of a building, um, give me. An, I'm sure there's more than you can talk about, but give me some of the idea. Like, what are the things you have to think about? Like, um, you're obviously not worried about the police, so we'll just scratch that. But is it? It's the windows. It's the weather. It's the what? What is it that would? What what would make a building so hard that like, oh shit, this one's going to take a special. Um, so I would say, uh, 
th there are three things that could uh, change a building's difficulty. The first one is the movements by themselves. You know, are they difficult? Do they require a lot of energy? Are they hard? Are they technical? So that's the first thing is that are the movements hard? Are the movements Meaning, tiring? and to give an example of that for people, I see in some climbs you're pushing your feet out as opposed to some climbs you're not. So that's a different technical move. Like it's almost like I, I never do yeah. that movement in my life. I never push my legs out. Yeah. yeah. So, I actually so that, that's, see you doing that in some, in some climbs. I'm like, holy shit, that looks scary. Not on this one, but on, on other climbs. Yeah. Okay. So, so that, that's, that's what you mean by, or the, the, the technicality or the difficulty like that, that, yeah. that one, it's almost like you're wedging out, right? On this one, like the, the, the handholds are really small. Same for the feet. So that's the main difficulty. Okay. Okay. Sorry, I interrupted. So there's three things. No problem. Yeah. So there's that. Like, uh, is it hard? For example, on my last climb, the climb itself was not too hard, but the final part was really sketchy. Like I said, like I have to push with my feet and my hands at the same time, try to get up and not lose balance. And plus, I didn't have the occasion to train this beforehand. So that was really sketchy. So that's one of the factors that can make a building hard. The second one is is um, is how can I rest? How can I deal with my energy levels? So for example, my last climb was not, the movements on my last climb was not hard, you know, by themselves, uh, especially when I was barefoot, I had a good grip, it was okay. But I had almost no opportunity to rest. I was able to let go one hand for a quick moment just to chalk up, you know, in my truck bag behind my back and then had to go back to climbing again. So the climb was not too hard, not too tiring, but I had no, almost no opportunity to rest. Still have an opportunity to let go one hand, which is already really good. But, so if it's a tall yeah. building, muscular fatigue. Yeah, exactly. So that, okay. that's, that's where muscular fatigue can be a problem, especially if the movements are hard and requires a lot of energy. And the last factor is the height of the building. So for example, it would be okay for me to climb a building that is really high, if the movements are medium hard and there's pretty good rest, it will be okay for me to climb a building that is not too high if the movements are not too hard and if I don't have any rest. What it would be really hard is to climb a building that is really high that has absolutely no, um, uh, no opportunity to rest and the movements within this climb being hard. So that, that would be like the hardest challenge. And there's this building in France that I want to do that is really high. It's 200 meters. Uh, there's absolutely no rest whatsoever. You can't even like stop. Just You just have to start and keep going until you reach the top. Plus, uh, the climb by itself is pretty technical, pretty sketchy, and pretty pretty energy required, uh, requiring, you know? So, yeah. That's, that's when you say rest, how long mind. is rest? Like a place where you, like, you can stand for a minute, 60 seconds? No, or, no, no. But I mean, th that would be a pretty good rest. But for example, on the Montparnasse Tower or Total Tower, I can let go one hand and stay one minute with one hand like this and one hand that is being, you know, uh, being like... Um, let the uh, blood get back in there. Rest, you know? In yeah, and out, exactly. yeah. Exactly. So I can just, you know, rest a little bit my hands. On my last climb, I was able to let go one hand, but only for 10 seconds, not more. Crazy. I mean, uh, 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 Alexis, thank you so much for your time. I have one one question, one final question. These 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 um, climbers who've become really famous, like uh, you know, doing the stuff at Yosemite in the United States, or the ones yeah, who are doing these Alex three Arnold. times. 
how do they um do you know them and how what do they what is your interaction like with these guys what do they think about what you're doing uh so i i don't know too much about like what arnold thinks about what i'm doing i guess i i know he's not hostile to urban climbing because he has he had a thought about doing taipei 101 uh, free solo so that was a possibility for him to do so that's a building and I think he uh, is building in uh, in Asia, and I think he's uh, he's open-minded. But maybe the fact that I'm only doing this, not in my training, of course, in my training, like eighty percent of my training is rock climbing, regular, classic, old-school rock climbing. But the the fact that I only show uh, urban climbing would make me like not a real climber for some people. So I. I I don't know if uh, Arnold would be like uh, cool with me for this or not, but for, I know like I there's a famous climber called Magnus Midbow, and he re- he really likes what I'm doing, and we actually made a video together. So I know wow. a lot of climbers have are open-minded. You know, I'm I'm cool. They are cool with that because they also understand that I'm doing this. Uh, I, I'm doing this because I'm training regular climber. You know, I'm a climber like them. So that's cool. There's a bunch of people uh, like, uh, you know, champions in France, uh, Boulder in champions that blocked me on Instagram because. Oh, oh, almost <laughs> right to the end. Someone blocked him on Instagram. Why would you block that dude? I remember him talking about it. I can't remember if, if I was watch- what I was watching with it or if it was even him, but they were talking about the difference between the rock climbers and why they're saying like why they kind of hate on those guys is because those guys just have repetition. So like the window is always the same window, right? Right. So you climb the first two and then it's just basically repeat, rinse and repeat all the way up as opposed to the rock climbing is much more dynamic because it's not, there's no one area that's exactly alike. I want to, I want to, I going to ask him one more question too. I wonder if every bit, he sees every building is climbable. Like, like is, is, is that building the, the Burj Khalif, that one that the CrossFitters ran up the other day, uh, is that the, the crown jewel? Right. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell him WhatsApp. Uh, uh, Dude, that one on the crane was gnarly. no worries, brother. Uh, can't wait. Uh, we will we will stay in touch. Talk to you soon. Oh, is it back? Oh, yes. Oh, All right, yeah. we will Could talk to you sooner than I thought. Hey, okay, last question. Last question. Sorry, I said that was the last question. Here's the real last. Oh, so you were saying someone blocked you on Instagram? Like a, some rock climber dude blocked you? Alexis, can you hear me? Alexis Landot. Landot. Alexis. No. I heard, I heard, uh, yeah, it's, I don't, it's lagging. It's lagging. Okay. Hey, uh, thank you so much for your interview. I don't, know what's you, going on with my connection. don't worry, you were fantastic, and we will be in touch. Hope to talk to you again in another six months. Thank you so much for your time. You're a fascinating human being. Peace and love. <laughs> that what's the background music? I know. Yeah, this picture dudes so in there in France, like rock climbing, smoking little little skinny cigarettes, and like sipping their espressos. <laughs> They probably that's probably like a record player. <laughs> uh the Chinese shut down his WhatsApp if they heard, awesome. they've heard enough. Huawei. 
The bird okay. doesn't have anything to grab. Oh, come on. Come on. All of a sudden, Tyler, you're an expert. Come on. <laughs> Everything's got something to grab. It's a, that's what your wife said to you, Tyler. Just because your wife said, Tyler, you got nothing to grab. Don't oh don't project that on the birds, Tyler. All right, I got to run to you guys. You demand. Later, brother. Dude, that was awesome. He's awesome. Yeah, Holy he's great. Shit. Oh, who do, do we have anyone on tomorrow? No. Oh, I don't even have to do a fucking – I'm done. Huh? I have to hang out with Caleb, and then uh, I don't have a podcast today. Yeah. Oh, that worked out. Hey, uh, have you noticed the thumbnails I'm making on Canva? They're fucking awesome. <laughs> I even taught me how to do that. one of them caught my eye. This is when I this is when I knew it was uh it was it was working because one of them caught my eye and I didn't know it was it was the show. Oh, awesome. the child obesity yes. one. I was scrolling and I saw it and I pa- yes. I was like, oh wait, what is this? And I looked and I was like, oh shit, this is a clip from the show. <laughs> so that's when you know it's effective. Like I didn't even I didn't even know, but yeah, the thumbnails you've been making have been off the hook. Hey, I want to say I want to say one thing to you real quick. Yeah. Um, oh, so uh, Susan and I were hanging out here in Newport last time, and I do this workout all the time. I tell you guys about it. I do 10 burpees on the minute um, for 10 minutes. And fucking Susan's like, I'll do it with you. And then so Susan did 10 minutes. He did the 10 burpees. And then while I would rest, he did 10 air squats. So at the end of it, I'm dying, and I did 100 burpees, but he had done 100 burpees and 100 air squats. So yesterday, I don't know if you saw this uh, workout that Hiller put up the other day, but he did uh, max air squats in 10 minutes. And, and I just played the video. He actually suggested it to me. He goes, just play the video and you can do it with me. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. And then my wife came in here. And I got 274 without stopping. And she took breaks and she got 301. Yeah, sometimes that works out better that way. If you could just move with a little bit quicker, shake it out, take your break, move a little bit quicker. It yeah. ends up being uh, overall better sometimes than just a consistent, steady movement. Yeah, I was just, I was steady. And I would look over and I would try to keep up with her and I would start feeling some crazy burn. I'm like, okay, back off. <laughs> anyway, so, is, what do you think about that workout? Good workout? I'm pretty sore. I did it last night before I went to bed. 10 minutes max air squats? Yeah. Yeah. It's a great workout. Yeah, I'm pretty sore. But it's okay. probably going to jack you up. You might even be more sore tomorrow. Like yeah, right I will. Your, right where I your will. butt and your hamstring meet? Yeah. Yeah. That always yeah. gets me there too. Right where my butt and my hamstring meet. Yeah, that's the official, official anatomy terms there <laughs> all right guys i gotta run to the fire department okay do that workout that i want to awesome. know what you get he got he got 329 do that workout he got 329 yeah okay so now i just got to game it and get three 330 yeah <laughs> all right cool later guys okay bye uh, holy shit i did 10 burpees every minute on the minute for an hour oh my god <laughs> oh my god dude I would die. I would die. Uh, I wouldn't be sore if I was on TRT. Good point. Um, yeah, man. Oh, the bear crawls. Yeah. Hey, I wasn't making fun of bear crawls yesterday. Bear crawls are an amazing, um, uh, amazing workout. I think crawling is, is, is a fantastic workout. What I was saying is, is that like, if you're competing, if the, if you have a choice, if Caleb has to do handstand walk and I get to do bear crawls and we're competing, we're now not competing. You know, if there's a thousand dollars on the line, um, yeah, there I am. I had done that two days before and I was so sore and I'm like, I'm just going to try to do it again. Yeah. That's at the end. It's probably, I'm guessing it's probably 60 yards. That looks rough. Oh, dude. there was one time when I was, a, I was trying out for the soccer team in high school. 
the we had like these um uh like spec op guys come in and like do a training with us and he they were like one day they just showed up and were like all right you're bear crawling everywhere you go this was, an, was a freshman in high school and they're like you're bear crawling everywhere you go so we bear crawl from one field to the next and then from that field to the next field and then they're like all right and bear crawl around the around the field and then there was a track and he bear filled bear crawled on the track and they're like all right you need to do a 400 meter bear crawl for time it was like probably three hours of bear crawls it was miserable uh i, I that's funny you just, um i told Hiller, i'm like dude i'm fucking such a badass i bear crawled 60 yards he's like dude like what? He's like, I've bear crawled 400 yards in a workout that was an hour long. And that was just a piece of it. I was like, fuck me. <laughs> like, it's wait, hard, dude. Oh, it's so hard. My traps are so sore to the touch. Damn. Oh man. But uh, I just made sure I didn't stop. I was like, you can do it. Just go just one, one step at a time. I'm, I'm sometimes I get so, uh, so, uh, oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Not that red, but a just, um, Sorry, uh, I'm speaking to a fellow father about kid sickness. Ugh. Gross. Kid sickness is probably the worst to deal with. Whenever I used to teach some lessons, kids would just show up to the pool just snotty and sneezing and coughing. And I was like, can you just take your kid home? Because I do not want to teach that kid. <laughs> Are you using warm compress? Every two hours. Warm compress solves everything. If there was everything uh, I ever had wrong with me, my mom would just be like, did you use a warm compress? Warm compress. Warm compress. Okay. Um, so tomorrow we have a show. I'm pretty proud of the... Um, I'm pretty proud of the what happens if I click on a show that's past live streams. Oh yeah. So, Oh yeah. So this is, I made this. Um, I think this is tomorrow's show. Oh dude, we're going to get Alex Stein on again. I'm so, I'm so excited. Uh, I saw that. I was going to stoke about it. Look at this. So it says what's going on at the morning chalk up and it shows like Justin LaFranco sitting in a toilet pole, toilet bowl with like Dave Castro reaching his hand out to him. And then it shows Lauren Khalil like as the queen of the morning chalk up. And then it shows like Brian, Tommy and Patrick are, you know, cause they left. Yeah. We cut off. Yeah. That's pretty. That's dope. Yeah. Oh, like in, in Canva is it's kind of ghetto. It's like, you feel like you're a little kid just like, drawing with crayons it's just like oh, so yeah. it's but it's so, so easy it's so it's easy so I easy fucking, i just throw a bunch of shit on there and i'm like yes yeah oh so perfect. you've been using it too you've been fooling with it too yeah 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 i'm i'm pretty uh i'm pretty proud of that let me see what what um 
I was pretty proud of that one with the uh, who gets reparations, and I put the black and white reel. Let me see what other ones I've made. Oh, I made this one last night uh, too. Uh, this is Alex Stein, and then it's like a dumpster fire with Dave Portnoy and AOC's head coming out. <laughs> That's amazing. I love that. Yeah, I'm, getting, I'm getting pretty excited. I will kill anyone who sends me designs in Canva. I'm sure. I'm sure <laughs> it is ghetto, but man, is it fun! Fantastic. It is fun. Uh, it looks like you could make like videos in there too, like stuff that's animated. I haven't, I haven't fooled around with oh, that. Oh yeah. Okay, so tomorrow um, is tomorrow's Thursday. I don't see. Oh, tomorrow is tomorrow Thursday uh tomorrow's no, wednesday tomorrow's wednesday okay so we have a live call and show in the morning and then thursday i don't know what we're doing in the morning but in the evening i'm doing a show with uh jr howell and um taylor self from smtp programming we're going to just take a look at the uh legends programming that just went on over there um how is the talk at the boys school oh dude so awesome i'm going to try to get you links so awesome what a what a cool honor to speak to those boys. What a cool thing. It was through um, uh, Matt Boudreau. Uh, he owns a bunch of acting academies. I, I think he's partners with um, who's the guy the the like the 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 Ranger fighter UFC fighter Tim Kennedy. Tim Kennedy. Tim Kennedy's his partner over there. Um, Boudreau's so hooked up. God, man, he what a great dude. What a fulfilling life, and. Yeah, he, he invited me to speak to a group of kids uh, ages 10 through maybe 18. Wow. And uh, I, 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 I tried to leave them with uh, some, some, some practices that they could practice on their own to cultivate, you know, a more self-awareness and talk to them about, you know, keeping it real. And it was cool. And I think I only said the word shit like three times. I was really trying not to swear. I was pretty proud. A of new myself. record. I, wow. Congratulations. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I didn't drop a single F bomb. I'm going to try Ooh. to get a, uh, I'm going to try to get a, <laughs> I'm going to try to get a copy of that. I'd love to That's publish awesome. that on my own site if I could. <clears throat> so I'm, I'm going to tell you if you, could, you guys want you guys up for one more story. You got time. Kevin? Always. Yep. So I saw this on um, Corey's Instagram account. Um, and it, it brought back, back some memories. I'll tell you about in a second. You don't have to play this whole thing. It's number 299. And uh, we'll just play the beginning of it. When we get to the part that's, that, that's uh, relevant uh, to my story, we'll just hit pause. But it's about uh, pedophilia and shit like that in Hollywood. But, but it's a pretty – this is a trip. This first thing is a trip. This is Demi Moore like kissing some little kid, which is – it looks like a little kid to me. I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's – Maybe that dude's Benjamin Button, but I don't know. But uh, here, here we, here we go. I tell you that the number one problem in Hollywood was, and is, and always will be pedophilia. It's the biggest problem for children in this industry. Nobody talks about pedophilia. It's Pause. a big secret. And it's so I don't know if you guys know that when I was a kid, that was like one of the most famous kids in Hollywood. I forget his name, like Corey Feldman or Corey something Haynes, and. Uh, I think he was in the movie Lost Boys, and, and he, he was he, he was everywhere. But anyway, go on. It's widespread. Oh, yeah. 
I was surrounded by them when I was 14 years old. Video surfaced in 2017 of actor Demi Moore kissing a 15-year-old boy. Here's Hollywood movie producer Victor Salva, who produced movies like Jeepers Creepers 3, Powder, and Clown House. During the making of Clown House, Victor Salva asked 12-year-old Nathan Forrest Winters to stay after filming for extra rehearsals. Salva then forced Nathan to receive and give oral sex while he filmed it. Salva served 15 okay. months, then went on to produce Powder. Okay, pause. So, that movie Clown House, I was an extra in, and they set up a carnival in uh, Concord, California, and I went there with a friend, and we were extras. And I'll never forget Victor Salva. That was the director of the movie, and he would always gather all the kids around. And he would always like be like, do you want a talking part? Do you want a talking part? And like he would like like, and we were, I was, I was super excited. And I, I was probably in the seventh or eighth grade, probably wasn't even firing loads at the time. And it, uh, for those of you who don't know what that is for us guys, there's a point where you masturbate and there, there no semen comes out, but it's, but then that pre masturbation, pre firing loads. And then your life's ruined when you start firing loads and you got to deal with that. But, but um, I, I'll never forget. He gathered, he gathered like three of us boys around and he started telling us, now listen, if you boys are going to masturbate, you should always masturbate into a sock. And I remember hearing that story and, and him telling me and my buddy, my buddy's name was Patrick, and it was the star, that kid that was molested. He was there too. And I don't think that movie ever got released, by the way. But anyway, um, he, ended up getting in tr- he ended up getting in trouble. And when I would tell – when I would come home and tell my stepmother stories about being on the set of the movie, she would say to me um, – because uh, uh, there were a bunch of stories I told. She would say – and I don't even think I told her the masturbate in the sock one. I told her less less, uh, uh, graphic. less graphic ones, yes. And, uh, and um, I don't know. I, I don't know. Why, why not a sock? Uh, the, the different discussion. We'll get back to why you might jack off in a sock. Anyway, I – it was new to me. I'd never even heard of that. But um, I, I'm assuming just so you don't have to clean clean the mess up. You know, just like you don't have to get out of bed. You just jerk off into a sock and then just throw it off to the side and go to sleep. But um, she told me, she's like, hey, stay away from that guy. Don't be alone with that guy. And I got really angry at her. I'm like, don't tell me what the fuck to do. And fucking six months later, go go figure that adult was right. My stepmom was right. And that dude uh, went to jail for 15 months. And then he made the movie Powder, which I ended up actually seeing, which was actually kind of an amazing movie. I don't know if you ever saw Powder. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, so what it was, I was like, wow, small world. I, 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 my, I, I crossed paths with that pedophile. Ah, see, Jiggy, all you needed is a little explanation. You're like, ah, I see. Yes, there you go. Of course. <laughs> Uh, uh, Vindicate has never used a sock. He doesn't have to because he has so many extra t-shirts laying around um, the house. Uh, my chest is tightening so bad talking about this stuff. I understand. Uh, anyway, that is the show for today. hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, that's it. Nothing else. Uh, we will see you tomorrow for the uh, live call-in show. And uh, thanks for 
um, but basically we're doing so many live call-in shows because it takes a little bit of stress off of me. Not that I'm stressed when we have guests, but it, it requires more uh, work on my end and, and I'm, you know, on vacation. One more story. Uh, do you want there to be masturbation in it? What, what's the uh, topic? Okay, here's one more. Let's play. Let's play 301. Do you guys remember when there was that footage going around where they were showing all those dead bodies from COVID in India? And then someone came over and pushed one of the bags and they were just body bags filled like with straw. And it was all a fucking publicity stunt. Do you remember that shit? Don't forget that shit. And here's another publicity stunt. Don't, this is just kind of like, don't forget what a fucking scam this whole thing was. I'm not saying it's you idiots who are telling me, oh, Sevon thinks COVID's a hoax. I don't think it's a hoax. I think the remedy was a scam. I think the way of calling it a pandemic was a scam. I think the propaganda around it was a scam. Do I think that there's actually a virus that they've called COVID? Yeah, I suspect that that's 100% accurate. Would I bet my kid's life on it? No. Absolutely not. Google around and try to find the virus, by the way. You know, one of the reasons I heard before we play this is that they'll, they'll, they can never show you the virus is that the virus is so small that it has no color. And I'm not sure exactly what that means, but I think it obviously has to do with something about re how it ref re uh, reflects, reflects, refracts uh, light. But there is actual no way of actually seeing that virus. Yeah, the scamdemic, yeah. That's different than thinking COVID's a hoax. You idiots who say stuff like that or being anti-vax. You idiots. No, you are you are pro-drug extremists insisting that kids take drugs. Okay, action. Watch this. This is pretty funny. What are you, COVID cleaner? COVID cleaner? Are you for real? The fuck? That's something out of fucking... Oh, hey, bruv, Titan. <laughs> Do you really have to wear that? Do you really have to wear that? What are you doing? Why are you taking photos? You're not even doing it. You're just doing that for paparazzi. Why are you doing this? You're not even cleaning. That guy's posing in You're a suit. You're not even cleaning. You're just taking photos. What are you doing? What are you doing? You're not even cleaning. What are you doing? Is, it, is, this, is this for the media? Is this for the media? Who are you? What are you doing? You're taking photos for the media. Propaganda. Why content. are you dressed like that? Why are you dressed like that? You're taking photos for the media. What? Helping. She's not doing nothing. Get all here to make fear in people's. Yeah. What Isn't that fuck? interesting? They're creating fear, but people are considering it helping. You're just saying that as a passerby. She didn't even watch this. What just happened? Pandemic influencer. Oh, that's a good term. That's uh, a great. Yeah. That's a great term. Um, I don't know what's going on with uh, Gucci over there, but I'm hearing that uh, Gucci is now uh, ending. Uh, is gonna is gonna take the way of, you know, that other company that started with the B, Balenciaga or whatever that one is. Balenciaga. Yeah, I don't know if you guys are following that story. That story just gets creepier and creepier. But I guess Gucci's going down the same path. I heard it yesterday on the news and then I started Googling around about Gucci and holy shit. Sell your Gucci shit. Switch to Prada or something. <laughs> it's time Stop to buying designer bullshit. Oh my goodness. 
or Gucci. Bye-bye. Uh, that's why I like a strong American brand like CrossFit. All right, guys. Uh, oh, Balenciaga. Yeah, that one. Uh, yes, go listen. Everyone, go listen to uh, Sally by Gucci Crew. Uh, Brandon Waddell uh, corrected me on that. Uh, Roxanne, Roxanne was by UTFO. I appreciate appreciate that. Um, okay, love you guys. See you guys tomorrow. Thanks for joining in. Thank you, Alexis Land Landlot Landot for coming on the show. Uh, Matt Souza, thank you, Caleb Beaver. <laughs>